it's always a party, and it's just a taste of what's to come. Amen. Read the last chapter or two in the book of, uh, of Revelation. It just never stops. In fact, it gets so loud, it sounds like a, a waterfall. You ever been in a waterfall where it's so loud you can't even hear yourself talk? That's starting to get into what worship is going to be like forever. So we just get to practice together now. And you know, next week I'm really excited to introduce my next book, which is Make Yourself at Home. It's a topic I've shared with you in church before, but the the books are going to be ready, and I'm really excited about many of you picking this up, getting your copy, and reading it. I know you're going to be encouraged. It's really talking into where things are now. It's a conversation about the challenges of living the real life, really an impactful life, a successful peace of mind kind of godly life in a very challenging time in human history. So uh, I'm looking forward to sharing that with you starting next week. And so today, and also, if you didn't hear the podcast from last week's message, if you weren't here, let me encourage you to go back and listen to that. The title of the message is Home at Last. Today, I'm going to talk around the topic, it was there all the time. It was there all the time. One of my favorite movies growing up was The Wizard of Oz. And the hero in the story is a young woman named Dorothy, and she's on these dangerous adventures trying to get back home, only to discover at the end of the story, she wakes up and realizes she was there all the time. And it's a great reminder that we can get to places in life, and I'm sure I'm speaking to some of you who know exactly what I'm talking about, where everything around you right now just seems on pause. You're in a holding pattern where it doesn't seem that you have any options, any way forward. You just cannot see it. And you're stuck. It may be in your spirit. It may be in your professional life, in your schoolwork. It may be just in where you're living. Some of you are are here as uh, escaping from the war that has taken over here in Europe, and you, you just don't know where you're going. And, and we see in Scripture a powerful story where this took place among God's chosen people. It's an ancient story, but it has modern application that we can all learn from. And so what we see is that God had for generations been a blessing and spoken life through his laws to his chosen people. But for centuries, they've been walking away from that blessing. And instead of being a witness to good and right in a very dark time, even then, they fell into even greater destruction and evil than their neighboring cultures. In fact, it reached the low point where the chosen people of God, who God blessed and spoke life into, were sacrificing their babies in fire as a worship to demons. That's how low it fell. And so God, like he is with us, was patient And for generations, he would continue to send them messengers, calling them back to the laws of God, prophets. 
But instead of listening to them, they, they, they killed them. They killed the messenger. And so ultimately, judgment came. And we know from history that the powerful empire of Babylon came against God's people, destroyed the city of Jerusalem. There's an actual date. This is not a made-up story. There's an actual date in history that we know that this happened. And the leaders, the kings, the, the main rulers of Jerusalem, many of them were executed And the people, thousands and thousands of the people who lived there were relocated as refugees, like we see going on around the world today, were relocated to Babylon, far from home, away from their culture. And there they set up camp, a refugee camp, and waited to go back. In fact, the the very leaders that led them to where they were continued to tell them, God doesn't want us living in this evil culture, in this evil place. He's going to return us. We've heard from God. And they prophesied and told the people, don't move in. Don't start to build life there. And so they looked every day out of that camp, just picture this, at the walls of this incredible city of Babylon, and they saw no future. They saw nothing that told them they could ever expect what they had before until they got back to where they came from. And you see, some of us are walking through life in the same way. We're kind of camped in a place where we're saying, I need to finish my school program. I need to get the visa. I need to meet the right person. I need to get in the right church. I need to start in the right city, and this isn't it. And we always are looking for something in the future, a someday, some way, somehow, some person kind of future. And instead of living God's best life, here and now, it's always waiting for something else. But here's the reality of life, dear friends. Other than the gift of our breath that God has breathed into us, there is no more precious gift that he's given us than time. Time is a precious gift. And so some of us, like those exiles long ago, are just sitting around and waiting and and wanting to get started, but we have to wait on something else before we can get moving forward. And and listen, the only guarantee when it comes to time is that we only can be sure of now, not tomorrow. In fact, that's why the scripture says today is the day to step in and live life for God and know him and begin to walk with him. Today is the day. But like those people long ago, maybe I'm talking to some of you who are stuck. If that's you, be encouraged. You're not alone. It easily happens, especially in times of turmoil, in great movement like we're seeing across the earth where we're coming out of uh, some terrible times of loss and where everything is 
just upside down and costs are going up. And, and if you read the news, there's just lots of worry and uncertainty. And it's natural to want to slow down, stop, kind of pull in and just wait it out. But that's not the calling on God's people. Come on. So lean in. I'm going to, can I go some deeper ways with you? Come on. Imagine the surprise in that exile's refugee camp all those years ago when a letter comes to them. It didn't come by email. It came by courier. And it was addressed to them from God. Oh, the letter wasn't from a person. It was from God himself, written down by the prophet we know as Jeremiah. And I'm going to put on screen a short part of that letter, and then we're going to talk about it. But here's what it said in Jeremiah 29. Here, here is what the Lord of heaven's army, the God of Israel, so he just gave the address. Here's who I am. Here's what I'm saying in this letter to all the captives I exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. No doubt about who he's talking to. It's the former residents of the Jerusalem area, now outside Babylon. And here's what he says to them. Build homes. Plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for those children so that you can have many grandchildren. Sounds like a strategy. Multiply. Don't dwindle away. Don't, don't just, just fade out. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. Boom. It's not what they expected. They had, of all of the options as they looked out at that big wall of that enemy city, the last option they could ever imagine was moving into it. They were all packed and ready to go back. That was enemy territory. These are the guys that destroyed my family, my business. They, they're not. They're God's enemies. Why would God ask us to move in there? And there's so, so many applications, but let me point out one. Because you can't get to where you've been in your life, or me, without some problems. Am I alone? There's been a boss that, you, that was from hell. There's been spouses that some of you've encountered and dealt with. You've been married a while, and there's challenges. Maybe you're divorced, or maybe your relationship is broken right now. It might be a family member. It might be someone living in your building. It might be disappointment in your business. I'm not going to spend all day making the list of what it could be. You know what it is, but so does God. But here's one lesson we can take from this. Very often, it's the most difficult thing if I were to get you to stand up and say, Pastor, this has been hard. I, I really don't see any point to it. You're looking at, at a wall. And what this story tells us is very often God will use that most difficult thing, that most difficult person 
that, that harms us and that maybe has caused true harm, but he will turn it around working all things out to good and actually unlock our greatest destiny through that person or situation. Because that's exactly what he's about to do here. Because in that letter, he tells them, I'm, I'm promising you, I don't have harm in mind. I have hope and a future, and I speak it over you. But it's not going to come back where you came from. It's going to come from where you're going to. And it's the most impossible, difficult place that you never thought of ever going. That's where I'm going to fulfill my dreams for you. And so one of the three points I'm going to share with you right now, it'll come on screen, is that your greatest challenge, my greatest challenge, is getting beyond our self-imposed walls. Self-imposed means we create them, of no way forward, no options, and starting to trust and believe what's already been promised. You see, the Scripture the Word of God, you have one in your apartment. You've got it on your phone, I hope. That's why some of you are looking at it right now, right? Some of you got it. Has anybody got the Word of God out there? See? This is a book of promises from the first page to the last, full of promises that tell you, and we just sang some of those promises. God is with you. He's for you, not against you. Jesus promises nothing can take you from his hand, and he's promises, promised that he will be with you now and forever. I am with you to the ends of the age. He promises that we are already more than conquerors, and more than a conqueror is a royal priest and king to serve our God on the earth. He's promised us that. He's promised that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, that we're anointed, that we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that we're given fresh and new anointing and gifts in every season of life, that we are promised days of hope and a future. He promises he will, are you getting this? He will withhold no good thing from those who love him. Nothing. His goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And in the middle of a battle with an enemy, he'll set before us a table of blessing in the presence of our enemies. We will live with him now and forever in the house of God. And surely, goodness and mercy is going to follow on us. We are part of an unshakable kingdom of fire that can never be taken. Listen, the question isn't, what's God going to do for me? The question is, am I ready to start allowing my faith eyes to see all the promises of God that he's already made and that I can envision them in my life, in my family, in my business, in my professional life? Amen. You see, let me challenge us. How often are you asking, Holy Spirit, help me to see the potential. Listen carefully. This is where, can I go a little deeper? This is it right here. This is it. Lord, enable me to see the potential fulfillment of your promises in my life, 
in my circumstances in other people before they're fulfilled. See, that's what Jesus did. And this leads me to the second point in this. You and I have unlimited capacity to change the future because there's no limit to God's power to change us. The only limit is ourselves, our lack of faith, our faith vision not seeing what God already sees. And let me, let me just dig a little deeper. I've been meditating on this for the last three months. I'm reading through the book of Mark taking notes and meditating daily. And I'm amazed at story after story where it's obvious his closest friends that he loved, his disciples, the men and women that went with him, the, the entourage of his supporters. By the way, women funded Jesus' ministry. How good is that? Boy, there's a lesson in that, men. Come on. But, but all of those dear friends that walked with him, they, they, they again and again demonstrated how little they heard him and got what was going on. When you get to Mark chapter 9, there's this incredible moment where they're getting ready to go back home. They've been on the road. And Jesus tells them on the road, I'm going to be lifted up and betrayed in this group. And I'm going to be... I'm going to be put on trial, and I'm going to be executed as the Son of God and Son of Man. But on the third day, by God's power, I'm going to rise again. He told them plainly the future that was coming. And it says there, Mark writes, none of them understood it, but they were afraid to ask. It was, it was one of those moments where we know we should be getting this at this point, but we're not getting it, and we are not going to ask him. We've been there before. So what happens next, though, they know something's up. They know the status quo is about to change. Follow this. So they get out on the road, and the Lord's walking along, being the Lord. Behind him, they're arguing who's going to get to sit next to him, who's the best, Who's the most worthy of sitting on his, in his kingdom? Because they think now it's up. They're going to try to kill him, and Jesus is going to breathe fire, and the Romans are gone, and all of the other enemies, and we're going to be sitting in the throne room with him. They're high-fiving, and they're talking on the road. And so it says they get back to Capernaum, there along Lake Galilee, and Jesus asked them a question they already knew the answer to. He said, so uh, what were you talking about out there on the road? Come on, some of you parents, have you ever asked your children something you already knew the answer and nothing's quiet? They wouldn't answer him. They know. And then the Lord takes a small child. He gathers his disciples, sits this little child among them, and he says, you know what? Those of you who want to be first, be last. Those of you who want to be served, serve yourselves. Become like this little child. And here's the point of the story. He's out there on the road declaring the greatest revelation 
in the history of humanity, that he's going to the cross, that Jesus' moments of agony in Jerusalem would break free and give us salvation and eternal life, the most significant thing that will ever happen. And they're arguing about that. They were light years. Are you hearing this? Light years from understanding servant leadership at even the most basic level. And you'd have to ask, if you're a professor or a school teacher, they're not ready for this. Why would I even bother to put the child there? It was a great illustration. They didn't get it. Way over their head. But Jesus didn't do that. And he didn't do it the next time and the next time. And you read through the Gospels, Jesus was telling them things that the Scripture says later on they remembered. Here's the point, and here's how it applies to our situation and ourselves, right here and right now. Jesus always spoke into their future selves. Yeah. The Scripture speaks into our future selves, not where we are, but where God can see through his faith eyes, through his promises, where we will end up in Jesus' name. And so speaking into our future selves is a prophetic act of faith where we have an expectation of our children, of our colleagues, of our spouses. We stop focusing on where we are and start to say, God, I don't understand all of this, but I'm going to trust you that you're going to fulfill the promises I already believe in in ways that I cannot imagine. You see, that takes faith that God will bring revelation as he changes our souls, and then we'll have the capacity to apply it in our futures. Wow. You see, that all of a sudden begins to open our eyes that the people and circumstances and places where we are are not dead ends, that there's full of possibilities. And we must understand that nothing's wasted you may, not, you may read something in Scripture this week that doesn't make full sense. And if it doesn't, say, Spirit of God, bring this back to me. Let it be planted in me and come to full seed, blossoming at just the right moment. I'm open and ready for that. You see, when we are aware of our future selves continuing to grow when we're aware of it of ourselves, we begin to look at others differently. We begin to judge people and situations differently. We don't spend time talking about how they hurt us, how they did this, and they're such a this and such a that, and they're never going to be. You ever hear that? Never going to be successful. Never going to be that. That's, don't do that. That is speaking the direct opposite of speaking into the future in a prophetic way. You say, well, then what do we do in the meantime? I'm not there yet. They were still arguing. So this is the easy part. And God speaks about it in this letter. You're not there yet. You're not doing any of the things you need to. In fact, he describes all of these actions 
that they need to t- t- stay planted, uh, get, do gardens, get married. All of those were future things. In fact, that, that's the third point I want to make here as we land this, is God's rewriting our story. He's rewriting the story of this city, this church, your family, our lives, not through the big headline-grabbing big stuff necessarily, but the small, common, everyday things. Hallelujah. The showing up for work, being true to your word, coming and being on a team here every week, giving faithfully our tithes and our offerings, building into the house of God, being faithful and consistent. Listen, I don't need to be in a specific place to begin to exhibit those kind of qualities of character. Amen. But here's the thing. All the things he was declaring for them in the future, they couldn't start until they moved in to where he told them to go. And so can I challenge us here today, open your eyes and see that where you are right now is where you are meant to be. You say, well, Steve, I, my visa says I, I leave in six months. Fine, but for the next six months, act like you're never leaving. This is your time. Don't hold back getting to know friends. Don't hold back being generous. Don't hold anything back. Pour it all out like you're never leaving. Because here's what I've learned. It's natural to want to think about the future. It's natural to think, God, what's next? Where do we go next? As a church, we're asking that all the time as we pray, Lord, what's next? We want to have a bigger impact. We want to see more families. We want to we touch this. We want to use our visual well-known reputation as a church, as a significant church in Berlin. We, we want to see you use that to enlarge your kingdom here in this city and throughout Germany. Amen? So show us what to do next. It's, it's natural to speak that, but in the meantime, while I'm praying, let's keep holding service. Let's keep giving. Let's keep pressing ahead, and let's not let up on any of the things that we already know we should be doing. Planting gardens, getting married, building relationships, praying for the peace and prosperity of the city of Berlin because its prosperity is directly connected to ours. Wow. So how about you? When you're looking out right now, are you looking at the future with faith eyes? See, their their future was there, but they couldn't see it. But when they chose to open their eyes, because what I love about this story is they eventually listened. They had to go through, the, the leaders were telling them the opposite, but they did it. They pressed in, they moved in, and for the next, again, we know exactly how long they were there, 70 years more than two generations. And when they returned to the land, the nation, the chosen nation of God was never the same. 
They never went back to throwing babies in the fire. They never went back to idol worship. They never went back to not being a distinct, unique people of God who worshiped him. Oh, they went through lots of trials, and God's not done with his chosen people in Israel. Hallelujah. He's not finished with them, but there was a change that never came back again. They never fell into the places of idolatry that they had been before. Seventy years, and they transformed and touched the city of Babylon as well, in Jesus' name. Friends, our future is here. Stand with me to your feet. Our future is here. It's now. This is home. And can I encourage each of us, let's open our eyes, our faith eyes, and see the promises of God at work and declare them and ask for more of them in every area of our lives as we pray for our children, as we pray for fusion youth, as we pray for influence at our places of work and in our families. And so I speak that over you, that we would make ourselves home because (laughs) we're already there in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Lord, I pray right now that you would give ears to hear what your spirit is saying to every single brother and sister. Open our eyes to the potential that you have before us to serve you, to make a difference to touch the lives of people and to transform the future of this amazing city that you have placed us in for your glory. And we pray that together in Jesus' name. And if you receive it and believe it, say amen. Amen. God bless you.